Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is the final word. Good evening, I'm Jenna Harner, and welcome to The Final Word, the show that invites you, the fans, into the conversation. You can get your opinion on TV right here every Sunday night. And let's get started by introducing you to tonight's three panelists. Please welcome afternoon host at 105.9 The X, Mark Madden. Jenna, on the anniversary of our country's independence, we should all remember there are three values that made this country great. Intensity, intelligence, and integrity. It's true. It's damn true. From our partner, DKFitzworksports.com, Dane Kovacevic. Jenna, happy 4th to you and to everyone. Tomorrow will be a great day for hockey in Pittsburgh, believe it or not. I'll have more on that later. And in his final word debut tonight from DKPittsburghSports.com, Alex Stumpf. Jen, I couldn't find any red uh, and white ties in here, so blue shirt, white tie, and we'll go with red shoes, so I'm patriotic today. <laughs> I like the combo. I like it. Some of the topics we'll be talking about tonight. One positive thing from the first half of the Pirates season. Feelings on Ben Charrington's plans ahead of the MLB draft. Reaction to Shakari Richardson's suspension from the Olympics. And what is your favorite patriotic sports moment? But first, the night's big topic. It's the 4th of July, so of course we are starting with some baseball. The Pirates are just past the midway point of this season. What is your assessment of the team and its direction? Mark, we start with you. Well, I think the team stinks, and I think its direction is straight down. You look at what's happened, their record's awful. The guy who was supposed to be their number one pitchers in AAA, their prize rookie sitting 245. They got one guy who made the all-star team, got voted the starting second baseman, and he's very likely to be traded. Brian Reynolds made the team. He's not going anywhere. You know, it's good to see him in the all-star game, but I just can't figure out any way to manufacture optimism about this team. They got the number one pick overall in the upcoming draft, and they're not going to take the best guy. We'll talk about that later, but there, there's no cause for optimism, not now or moving forward. Dan? Well, I, I wouldn't be able to manufacture optimism off of looking at the 2021 roster either. Uh, some of their better players, Mark didn't mention, uh, are older, which doesn't help the cause either. Tyler Anderson, who pitched great today. Richard Rodriguez, the closer. Both of them are 31 years old. But it's not what they're doing. It's not where their focus is. Their focus is on building with voluminous prospects by having the system just get flooded with talent. And ESPN rewarded them, for whatever this is worth, as ranking their system number four overall in all of baseball uh, with a big, big arrow upward. So if there's optimism to be had, it's not here, but it's in Altoona and it's in Greensboro. And I know nobody wants to wait for it, but that's where it is. Well, if they get flooded with talent, Dejan, mm -hmm. I have every confidence 
that before they get really good, they'll, oh, no. they'll bail out. Oh, that's original. They'll bail out the good stuff. It's they'll original. to the Yankees. It is original. Yeah. While the history repeats itself, say hello to Garrett Cole, uh -huh. Jamison, Tyon. What say team hello are they on again? all those great trades they've made with the Yankees that ripping them off blind every yeah. time they deal with the Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees okay. think about that all the time, I bet. I'll bet they're thinking about it now. Alex, I know you're just dying to jump in here. <laughs> I'm with Dayon on this one. If you look at the Major League roster, it's, it is what they thought it was. This is not the team that is supposed to compete or re even has a whole lot of players that are going to be part of that next competitive team. But whenever you look at AA, whenever you look at the minor leagues, there is a lot of players that are going to be good. And Dayon just brought up, you know, those Yankee trades. You know, Ronzi Contreras is doing pretty darn well right now. Altoona, new 100 prospect, top 100. Well, a reminder, you can keep the comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. And now it's time for five words. Give us five words on one positive thing you like from the first half of the Pirates season. From Joel Colella on Twitter, Frazier, Reynolds, Hayes are legit. Jason Campbell on Twitter, pretty similar, agrees with Joe. Frazier, Reynolds, Hayes, that's it. And from at BigEarn88, the pierogi races still rock. Yeah, I concur with that one. Mark, your final word, or five words, excuse me. It's more than half over. That's it. That's the list. But I do like the guy who cited the pierogi races. It's time to get little tot from get-go involved in those. Ooh, I would be a fan of that. Day in your five words. Stallings, Rodriguez, Anderson. Good too. How's that for five words? I, nobody said we had to have a verb in there. Yeah. Uh, the Pirates, one of the amazing things about a team that's 33, well, no, it's not 33, it's 23 games under 500, uh, having two All-Stars that they easily could have had a third with Richard Rodriguez being one of the best closers in baseball. Uh, no, there aren't a whole lot of bright spots. Uh, I will throw this one in there, too, though. They're number nine right now in all of majors in defensive play, uh, the, in fielding percentage. And for all the fuss and everything over Will Craig and his boneheaded play at first base, they've actually been a lot better fundamentally. Alex, your five words. Hayes, Reynolds, Ben Nart, and Brubaker. No, it's not as what they're going to need overall, but you got a legitimate infielder, you got a legitimate outfielder, a relief pitcher, and a starting pitcher that could be part of that team a couple years into the future. You can't look at this as a complete team and just maybe pieces here who could be part of that foundation for the future. Bits of optimism from everybody. I like it. Well, when we come back, the MLB draft is a week away. How do you feel about Ben Sherrington's plan to prioritize quantity for the Pirates and perhaps not taking the absolute best player first? Cindy on Twitter, mediocre is acceptable to this organization. They also do not have to fork out the cash if they don't oh, take the God. top players. We just make stuff up at this point. <laughs> I agree with Cindy. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure wrong. she's the one making there's stuff a, up. There's a draft cap. Everybody spends the same amount. We will debate when we come right back. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is the final word. 
and welcome back to the final word. The MLB draft is just days away. The Pirates holding the first overall pick. So how do you feel about Ben Charrington's plan to prioritize quantity in the Pirates MLB draft, perhaps potentially not taking the absolute best player first? Alex, we start with you on this one. I think people are mistaking, you know, signing someone potentially under slot for not taking the best player available. First of all, one through five, that's pretty much as narrow as it's been in recent years for the draft. So yeah, leverage them against each other. Get the best deal so you can allocate more money elsewhere. This is a very high school rich draft and the Pirates have been able to do a lot more work getting to know these high schoolers because of the extra time between where the draft normally is in June to now. So yeah, spend a little more time there, spend a little more money there and you know, convince some of these kids to not go to college. Sean Salmon on Twitter says this year there is no sure number one overall guy that's above the rest. However, I believe we should take the best pitcher available. Dan? You know, I, I would actually agree with that. I don't think they will. I, I don't believe the Pirates are going to get a pitcher. I love the idea of getting one. Uh, I look at the one through, not just the one through five, but the one through six, really, if you include both of the Vanderbilt pitchers, Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter into it. And right now, Every single independent scouting service is saying you can just throw a blanket over them. Some of them are starting to single out Marcelo Mayer, the high school shortstop from California, and that's the guy that's being attached to the Pirates. But look, what Charrington's trying to do is say, look, if all these guys are equal, let's take the one that'll take the lowest bonus and at least double our chances by signing another guy later and enticing him to come out of high school. Mark? I have never in my life heard of a situation where the team having the first pick overall in any draft, in any sport, does right by not taking the very best player available. And if indeed these guys are all that close in caliber, the Pirates will never get a number one or number two level starting pitcher in a trade or in free agency. Their only chance to get one like that is in the draft with a pick like this one. Ergo, they've got to take either lighter or Rocker, one of the Vanderbilt pitchers. If they don't, they'll be doing their team a disservice. The money thing, spending it elsewhere, I don't really care about that. This is their only chance to get this kind of pitcher, a pick like this. Mark, you're kind of leading me into my next one. I'm throwing you guys a little bit on the spot here. Alex, you cover this team, the Pirates, pretty, pretty, pretty regularly. And when I say that, I mean practically every single day. Who do you think they are going to pick first overall? It's still up for debate. I think Mayer is probably the guy that they're going to end up taking. He's been pretty close to the top of the, all of the prospect charts so far. The decision still has to be made. Ben Charrington and company are going to take every day that they can to make it. Dan, you think the same thing? Yeah, Mayer is, is shaping up to be a Corey Seager type shortstop. He's tall. He's got that Troy Tulowitzki uh, kind of build to him for a shortstop. And every scout says that he can stay at shortstop. And I think you know what I mean by that. You're not going to move guys around because he can't handle the position. Uh, they don't see this as a great draft, and neither does anybody else. But if you get this kid, maybe they say, all right, we at least know what we're going to have in him. Corey Seager is a big, big part of what the Dodgers do. Well, right around the corner, the Tokyo Olympics, which you can watch right here on Channel 11. Now, earlier this week, track and field athlete Shakari Richardson was suspended for one month after she tested positive for marijuana. Richardson taking responsibility, saying she knows what is and isn't allowed, and she still made the decision. Now, the reaction to this suspension has been incredibly polarizing. Dayan, we're starting with you. Where do you fall on the decision here? I've covered five Olympics, and I've heard countless Olympians, including right there in front of me at a podium, say, but this is wrong, but this is wrong, this rule shouldn't be like this. Guess what? 
The rule is like that. The way to change the rule is to lobby to change the rule, not to violate it. Certainly not to violate it a month before the Olympics. Look, I, get, I just came back, Jenna, from a week in Denver covering the Pirates out there. I know how legal and normal pot is. It's only everywhere throughout Lodo, the, the Lodo district there near Coors Field. But it's not allowed by the Olympics. Simple as that. Well, Jim K on Twitter and pretty much agrees with you. Follow the rules, period. Not doing so as consequences, which sounds like she understands and has accepted. Alex, your thoughts? You know what? This deserves to be the biggest news story that's going to come out of, you know, probably the entire event, maybe one of the biggest out of the Olympics because it's an archaic, stupid rule. And yes, you could be like, oh, well, it was in place right there. But you know what? It wasn't in Oregon. She didn't break a law. It's dumb she should be able to compete in her event. The fact that she can compete in other events just shows how stupid this is. Mark, your thoughts? Marijuana is not a performance enhancing drug and it's not a dangerous opioid. It should not be tested for, but it is tested for. It's not a drug test, it's an IQ test. And she was stupid enough to break a rule she knew existed within proximity of the Olympics. She deserves to not run because she's stupid. It was a very, very intense reaction over kind of the last couple of days. And I kind of agree with most of you guys just kind of saying the fact that yeah, rules are rules. They are there for a reason. But at the same time, looking at what it actually is, the THC in marijuana compared to something that is a performance enhancing drug, et cetera, et cetera, um, should definitely. Just, yeah, just set it aside for a month. You yeah. know, that's just, all. You've been training for this for your whole life. She, went, yeah. she was going over to Tokyo to be a, not a star, but possibly the star of the Olympics, which she still might be in her other events. But just, you know, not for a month. Yeah, and her entirely giving her reasoning. Her mother did just pass away. She found out through a reporter, which that in itself is a whole other topic. But she said, you know, this was a way that I coped. I shouldn't have done it through the way that she did. So when she does get to compete, we do wish her the best. Well, our final topic of the night, we, of course, had to have a little 4th of July celebration here in studio. What is your favorite patriotic sports moment? Mark, take it away. Well, number one has got to be the U.S. Olympic hockey team upsetting the Soviets in 1980 to win Olympic gold. But bringing it closer to home, 1996, Mount Lebanon's own Kurt Angle oh, yeah. won a gold medal yeah. with a broken freaking neck. Broken now, neck. What happened tonight? Shut up. <laughs> what happened in 1980 with the Ruzioni and Mark Johnson and my friend Herb Brooks? That was great. It didn't involve anybody winning a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Intelligence, intensity, integrity. That's Kurt Angle's way. It should be America's way. It sure wasn't Shikari What's-Her-Name's way. You didn't see Kurt Angle smoking pot. No, he went to Atlanta and took care of business. Jason on Twitter says George W. Bush throwing a strike in the 2001 World Series opening pitch ceremony right after 9-11. That definitely was a very special and emotional moment. Dan? Yeah, I could go for a 9-11 too, the Blackhawks crowd. Remember that one, Mark? The, 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 the reaction that they had. None of them the had anthem. a broken neck. They didn't have <laughs> broken necks. <laughs> but so I can't top that one, but I'm going to get a little bit of a cop out here on this one. I think the United States' greatest patriotic sports moment is still to come. 
Uh, with all due respect to the Miracle on Ice, it wasn't shown live, it wasn't something that people experienced in the moment. I think that the day that the United States men's soccer team, and again with immense respect to everything that the women have achieved, when the men's soccer team produces a significant result at a World Cup, you're going to see the America come together like never before for a single sporting event. I expect them to do that the same year the Pirates win the World Series. There you go, with <laughs> Christian Pulisic batting cleanup. I was going to say, hey, those young guys around the up With a broken neck. <laughs> Alex, what's your No broken next mention so far. Go ahead, Alex. Uh, for me, it is Joe Lewis versus Max Schmeling, the boxing match. Schmeling himself, not actually a Nazi, but was 100% touted by Adolf Hitler as part of the white master race for the Germans. And what does Joe Lewis do? He goes and he absolutely knocks him out. Schmeling can only get two punches off in the entire match. But what makes it a great story afterwards is later in life, the two became friends. That should be the American way. We can't kick your but we can't accept you as well. I like it. I like it. Well, when we come back around the horn on any topic, the final word is next. This is the final word. It's time now for the final word. Everyone gets a chance. Mark, you're up first. They had the hot dog eating contest at Coney Island today, and that idiot Joey Chestnut, that glutton, he won again. He set some kind of record. All that is the display of gluttony. It takes no skill whatsoever, but if they're going to have a hot dog eating contest, at least eat hot dogs. They're disassembling. They're soaking the bun in water. That's not eating a hot dog. You should eat the hot dog on the bun with the minimum of two condiments. Whoever eats the most of those is the real hot dog eating champion in my mind. And believe me, I know from gluttony. With a broken neck, right? <laughs> Alex. You couldn't swallow. <laughs> That's true, actually. <laughs> Alex, your final word. I know it's America's birthday, but to paraphrase Winston Churchill, you can always count on the NCAA to do the right thing after they've done everything else. And maybe that's best evidenced by them announcing this week that, yeah, they took a vote and you can't, you know, profit off your name and likeness after that decision had already been made for them. Now it's time to start restoring those wins that they vacated for people like Terrell Pryor, who, man, in the, in the world of scandals in sports anymore, autographs for tattoos seems pretty mild nowadays. Dan, your final word. We narrowly survived the grim possibility of an Islanders versus Canadiens Stanley Cup final. Had that happened, or had the Canadians been even remotely competitive in the ongoing final, you undoubtedly would have had people across the hockey world saying, oh, let's try this, or now the game is moving over here, let's go boring. Thank heavens the Tampa Bay Lightning are doing exactly what they should be doing, even if it's not more than that. The Lightning are that much better than Montreal, but the fact that the Lightning are built on speed, skill, and yeah, more size than I think a lot of people realize, that's a W for everybody, including the local franchise. My final word, Brett Phillips is an absolute legend. If you didn't know about the Tampa Bay Rays outfielder before because of his laugh, which you absolutely should Google immediately, Friday night when the Rays were losing by double digits to Toronto, Phillips took the mound in the eighth. Not only did he have the most tremendous warm-up stretches, he absolutely sprinted on the field to take the mound for the first time. He threw everything from a 94-mile-an-hour fastball to a 47-mile-an-hour pitch. You just got to change it up, right? <laughs> and then he gave uh, truly one of the best post-game press conferences ever and when he was asked about his first time on the mound go look that up have a great night and a happy and safe fourth of july